0: Pretending to be in charge. Slow
2: the testing
0: down. Remove him from office. No justice. No peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Up
1: Podcast. Will you Please
3: shut up, and man. listen?
1: Hello and welcome to the Betches Up Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Fishbine. I'm Caitlin Bird. And the Betches Up Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit going on in the news brought to you by your three funniest friends, which is which us. Is us. Which is us. Are we feeling funny today? I'm feeling Maybe. funny overall. Like, just generally I, uneasy.
4: Oh, yeah. Definitely, like, not funny feeling, feeling normal. Um, I know this might be surprising, but just to dive right in. Last night felt like an assault on my heart and mind. Um, but, but this morning, I woke up actually feeling, like, kind of positive about, like, how that went down. Like I tried to sort of view it from like a little bit more of like an objective angle and like, you, not that like Trump's you can really like objectively get in the mind of like a cult Trump supporter. But like, I think to, I think by all accounts that did not go well for the president.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Caitlin, what did you, what were your thoughts when you woke up this morning? Did if you're um, so unfortunate, where that thought is about the debate, it's
5: wine is the first <laughs> thought. <laughs> I I used wine as a coping mechanism, and as it turns out, the amount of wine I needed to get through that debate was significantly higher than I possibly could. should have done it in a weeknight. Um, <laughs> no, but at, right after that, um, I think the it's it's kind of hard because like I don't take off pundit hat anymore. Like it's kind of built into my automatic responses. Yeah. So I, I it's hard to like step back and kind of try to analyze as like a regular person. As a regular person, like I felt like exactly what Sammy had said. Like i have been attacked. Okay. I just want to be clear. I just don't spend as I I pay attention to the news, obviously, but I have been very good at avoiding listening to Donald Trump for extended periods of time. Mm -hmm. And that was like the most I had been exposed to him for a while. And I was like, oh, no, this is worse than I remember. This is bad. And I do not like it. I do not like it at all.
1: There Um, was such a relentlessness to the commercial free. It was really difficult. Oh, my God.
5: Oh, my God. It was so brutal. I was like, isn't there supposed to be like a moment, like 45 minutes in or an hour in where we even a moment, uh, take a break from what is happening right now? Never have
4: I ever appreciated a commercial before. But it's like
5: you needed it. Like you needed that release valve
4: for like Donald Trump to calm down. But then on some level, I was like, maybe it's better that we're just steamrolling right through so we don't lose the dynamic. Oh, yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it helps keep Joe Biden in the game because something I did see was that, I mean, we all know Joe Biden, like, recovered from a from a stutter. So this was, must have been really difficult for him to constantly be, like, facing this like, barrage. Yeah. And being, it's, the, the, the things he's yeah. talking about are, like, complex topics that you have to, like, have a, a lot of facts available. And, like, he's not a young man. I'm not saying he's senile, but, like, that must have been really difficult for him,
1: yeah, yeah. no, I had concerns about that, too, especially because somebody was showing me messages from family members that support biden and And they were saying, like, yeah, I know he that he had a stammer, but to it just to somebody that doesn't know that, it just sounds like he can't really get his words out. But luckily, I think he did like recover pretty well i think especially when he just gave up on like doing his prepared points and just played into trump's hand a little bit more and just jumped in and engaged i thought he was like a little bit better improv than i normally would have expected yeah
5: and he started off really slow so one of the things that i think like from like if we're gonna detach and do this like theater criticism um which is my least favorite form of punditry because it it just creates it just removes all the stakes but Um, You know, if you step back, the biggest issue is that was really hard to watch. And if I didn't have a financial stake in watching it, I don't know if I would have made it to the end. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, and being completely serious, like I was in there being like, I pay super attention to the news and i was having this moment where i was like do i really want to watch this and i was like i have to <laughs> so i can be thoughtful about it but if i as a regular citizen i would have tapped out probably after the first 20 minutes because it was just nonsense on top of nonsense on top of nonsense and um, from from trump And it was impossible to really hear Biden. So I worried that his recovery might have happened too late for the Mm -hmm. people who Mm -hmm. were least likely to watch to the end.
4: Yeah. Just going off of that, like, I think that, yeah, I wouldn't blame someone for checking out of this if they did not really need to watch it. But I think I think Biden came back like early enough. In the game but either way I think Like the biggest sentiment that like a, a sentiment I saw a lot on like Twitter and whatever was that this felt like An actual abuse and like It sort of like recalls Abusive or traumatic situations For people and I posted yeah. Something on my story like someone made a, a funny tweet about like About that but like then I wrote That I had seen a lot of people comment about that I got more replies to that message about People who felt that they Experienced that as well um that i got to like so like anything else and what it actually sort of put into perspective for me is that i i know there's this whole like theme of like settle for biden settle for biden but like we've gone through four four years at the very least of national of severe national trauma and i actually think that like biden having gone through significant loss in his life having the experience like i think that he Displayed a lot of empathy. I think he displayed competency. I think that he came across as like a real person and someone who could actually be a unifier like I found myself thinking, you know what, maybe it's better that that, you know, we have this like kind of moderate up there rather than some like who who I think people can embrace and see this contrast with like Donald Trump, the abuser and be like, you know what, like I can take this guy over over Trump again Versus like, I think that maybe someone else would have caused like a more more strong backlash against the Democratic candidate.
1: Yeah, what do you make of on that note? What do you make of, Caitlin? There was a moment that I think it was strong and I can't decide in which way it was when Joe Biden responded to Trump's allegations that he's radical left, that he's with his party, which wants to drag all the way to the left and do socialism. And Joe Biden's like stark response was, I am the Democratic Party. When you're the nominee, you're the party. What I say goes pretty much. He's like, I'm par- I approve the platform. And then he went on to talk more about the Biden plan, specifically not saying read New Deal. How do you think that might have played? Do you think that plays well to the people that are sort of on the fence? Or do you think that his sort of asserting his identity? I, I don't know why he is a Democrat. He repeats that he's a Democrat. But do you think that was an effective response?
5: Oh, I mean, well, first, like from a political standpoint, he's 100 percent right. Like that is that is part of the reason why I continue being frustrated when people suggest that people are going to stand up to Trump. uh, I'm just like he is the Republican Party. He that what he says is what the party will do. On the other side, Biden is a little bit more difficult because he's got a much more diverse coalition um, and is not presiding over authoritarian loving fascists. So that means we literally really don't fall on the line. Um, but he's correct that he is from a, a nomination standpoint, he is the party. I think one of the things that was really interesting was I I talked to my boyfriend about it and he's like an extremely normal person. I say that in like the kindest way possible because he is like well adjusted and like pays attention to the right amount of news. Like he's yeah. like, I know what the limit on news is and I'm gonna watch it for like an hour and a half and then I'm gonna like turn off and go do something else. And he's able to well. do that, it's very weird. Um, But he was like, I don't necessarily agree with Biden on that. He thinks of Biden as more of a placeholder because of the one-term pledge effectively and the fact that he's so old that it's unlikely that he is going to be like a super strong, forceful presence for what the Democratic Party is going to look like. So I think that there were a lot of people who, I mean... Could it have depressed the base? Like, I don't think there are swing voters anymore. Like, I'm firmly against the concept of swing voters. And if at this point you're not sure if you want to eat, like, a trash pile of, like, burned nachos covered with asbestos versus, like, a ham and cheese sandwich. Like, if you're not sure, that's, like, I'm not quite sure that food is a concept you get nor is voting. Like, if you can't figure this out, I'm so sorry for you. But, like, there's no... No one decided. It's not really. Um, Right. And so in that case, it always comes back to, are you motivating your base? Are you telling them that they're going to see the change that they're investing in? Donald Trump only ever speaks to his base and no one cares that he alienates like everyone else, like all the time. Did Joe Biden speak to his base last night? I don't know. But it was the, the point is that people don't. And I think I said this in my live tweet. People are not voting for Joe Biden because they love him. Oh, no, no, I wrote it on my Patreon. They're not voting for Joe Biden because they love him. They're voting for Joe Biden because they hate Trump with the fire of a thousand suns. So, no, it wasn't last night. Just reconfirmed for everybody who's already voting for Biden. Like, oh, my God, absolutely. Whatever. Joe Biden could have done, like, nothing. He just, like, done what I did on my AP stat exam and slept through the second half. And no one would yeah. like, that sounds about right. <laughs> Still voted for Biden. Did right, you pass that exam? Days? I got it. Yeah, I am so basic. There you go.
4: <laughs> yeah, Biden Sorry. was just like solid. Like he was just like he just did it. Like there were no moments where it was like mm, gaff. Like he like, and yeah. I mean the whole the whole point about like being a placeholder. Like maybe he's the placeholder we need. Like someone who has empathy who can help the country heal while like in like moving us more toward progressivism, and like.
0: Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to NUULY.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's NUULY.com, Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes.
1: speaking of somebody did talk to their base pretty directly and that was donald trump um he in probably one of the most probably the most notable moment from the night he refused to condemn white supremacy when given multiple opportunities by both joe biden and moderator chris wallace Uh, i think we have the clip
2: are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, are you I'm prepared willing to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I go would ahead, say
3: sir. I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right. wing. So what do you, what are you, you like, look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white supremacist. And, and, right like and right. like me to Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is
2: not a right-wing problem, his this own is a left-wing FBI left, director This is a left-wing right, problem. I'm we'll white supremacist. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got to Not kidding. malicious. That's what oh, his really? an idea. FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, we're then, gonna, you know what, no, no, Wow. <laughs>
4: Here's what's so uncomfortable about the stand back and stand by is that like if you watched his face right when he was like, what do you want me to call them? What do you want me to call them? And and Chris Wallace was like a white supremacist group. And Donald Trump's instinctual reaction that was not planned was to say stand back and stand by like that was that came from
1: his what you could call a soul. Yeah, I felt that, too. I felt that like for for the period of his presidency and his and his initial campaign, when people just wanted to say he's not racist, he doesn't actually feel that way, he just knows it's helpful, there was something about that moment where I have a, I don't know how you get away with that, All right? because it was, it was like he he didn't miss a beat. He It's also like, where did he hear he, stand it, back and stand
4: by before?
1: It's like the calculus he was making in his head didn't seem like, is it politically useful for me to denounce this group? It's like, I really don't think that I denounce them, is what seemed to be happening to me right he was like you're it it almost like didn't register
4: with him to say something that he didn't believe at that moment weirdly
1: exactly right that's true that's that's the
0: only thing he won't lie about yeah
5: yeah no um i mean donald trump retweeted white supremacists in 2016. he was attacked about white supremacists in 2016. he I, i think we should like, uh, man, it's like hard because I'm not a pessimist. I'm like uh, ultimately an optimist about like the future of the country. And I kind of have to be because like I'm a black person. So I'm trapped here. Um, but <laughs> like, there's no other option. I don't have a family history. Where I can leave. I, I just there's no ancestral nation. I'm stuck here. So I got to make the best of it. Um, but I think people should really be prepared for the concept that he is thinking of Uh, we've talked about like stochastic terrorism in which it basically what you do is you put words out there um, that inspire people lone wolves, uh, small cells, actors like that to see uh, and perceive problems that you have outlined and attack people. And this has been going on. We have been living in a state of violence from the moment he took office. There was Maryland where journalists were murdered there was the Tree of Life in Pittsburgh where there's an anti-Semitic attack. There is, before that, there was Dylan Roof. Like, we can start labeling points on the graph. We have a man who has, I mean, and just to be clear, Stephen Miller is an open white supremacist who is working on immigration issues, taking shots at birthright citizenship, which has been a bugaboo for... Um, Uh, for white supremacists for a really long time and has been something on the Republicans list for a very long time. And it's embedded in the 14th Amendment and they hate it. Um, They hate the Civil War amendments. Um, So these are the things that currently undergird our existing multiracial democracy. That is what creates the space for it. They are very aware of these things and Donald Trump has been engaging in crimes against humanity and with Muslim bands and separating children at the border and and mass sterilization, which is an act of genocide. These are things that have already been built into our world, a space of violence against all brown people. Um, Black people, brown people, marginalized communities to such a degree that I kind of feel at this point that having him on the stage say something like, hey, brown shirts, get ready. Like this we should be looking at that just like that, like this. He is trying to inspire mass violence on election day, near election day, against groups that he has targeted as antifa, and he's already had the D- Department of Justice categorize certain cities as anarchist. Like the the, the process is already underway, and that ecosystem. And that environmental ecosystem of information and violence and hatred has already been fed their directions. They just got them on the national debate stage. So it's visible to all of us. And I understand how deeply uncomfortable that is. But the fundamental point is not that he didn't disavow white supremacists. It's that he's come to a place where he is now offering them public instruction to violence. That yeah. is where we are. And Which they're signaling exactly, that they'll take it. They, yeah, they are
1: this morning saying... That they took it as an order and they they've said on their channel standing down and standing by, sir, just waiting for instructions, instructions that they're will not hesitate to implement. So the respective candidates, families uh, came up a little bit. I was actually surprised that one of my uh, one of the drinking game things for last night, there was a wild card where Trump actually acknowledges having a family. I didn't think that he would, but. He was provoked. Um, so Joe Biden challenged Trump to explain his disparaging comments about the military, noting that his own son, Bo Biden, was not a loser for fighting in Iraq for his country. I think this came up when they were already arguing when when he had already brought up Hunter. And then I think Biden redirected to say, while well, speaking of my sons. Um, and Donald Trump, at that, at that moment, Donald Trump, if he were a decent, he would have re-reoriented his 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 train of thought and What, as soon as you bring up your dead veteran son, then I think that conversation's over. But of course not. Donald Trump handled this as poorly as one could possibly imagine. He interrupted Biden's heartfelt tribute to Hunter Biden by accusing Biden's other son of corruption and bringing a painful past of substance abuse. Let's listen to that.
2: The way you talk about the military, the way you talk about them being losers and being and and, and just being suckers, my son was in Iraq. He spent a year there. He got, the, he got the Bronze Star. He got the Conspicuous Service Medal. He was not a loser. He was a patriot. And the people left behind oh, really? there were heroes. Really? And I resent— Are you talking about hell. Hunter? Are you talking about I'm Hunter? I'm talking about my son, Bo Biden. You're talking I don't about— know, I don't know Bo, I know Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, you know Hunter, got thrown,
3: Hunter got thrown out of the military. He was thrown out, dishonorably discharged— That's not true. He wasn't cocaine use. And he didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, true. he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, and various not other places. True. He my made son, a fortune. My
2: son. And he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's 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 fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why was I'm he proud given of my tens son. of millions right. of dollars? But he wasn't given right. tens of millions of dollars. He was given tens of millions up. of dollars. That is totally, of that, President Trump. totally, this President this Trump, is is we've already, we've already been we've totally discredited.
1: So much just happened.
4: <laughs> I, that part, I think was, I think if there's like any part that people were really turned off by Donald Trump, it was that part. Cause it was just cruel. Like it hit on so many, it's like the epitome of punching down first he, First he punches, you know, he punches down to the military for Bo Biden. Then he punches down to Hunter Biden for his, for his drug issues. It's just like, there are enough people out there in the electorate that, that they, or their relatives experience or friends or something, they experience those problems and that's who they are perceiving the president attacking just like at some point like he can't win when it's only the proud boys.
1: Right, right. I mean it's like he wins with poor non-college educated voters which I think is a population that is struggling with lots of epidemics right now from from substances to coronavirus and yeah, nobody ever I really appreciated this moment. I have some Substance abuse in my family, some really painful things um, that are hard to overcome. And they're like the hardest thing for a family to deal with. I mean, there are so many Americans that like still can't hear a phone ring that just can't because so many people go through this. And the only time you really hear about like drug use in terms of Trump is like, and it, it honestly makes me sick. And I hate when this happens, this sort of like gleeful celebration of the idea that they might all be on drugs, the Trumps. And I always see this like really eager liberal like delight at that and I, I hate it because it's painful if you've been through that or had family members it's just not something to really make light of and this is the first time we got like a really heartfelt compassionate sort of answer on that and he said for hit for Joe Biden to say on TV I'm proud of my son that's really meaningful for a lot of families that have been through that I think that's going to like mean more to a lot more people than either candidate realizes.
4: Yeah. I mean, you have the president perpetuating abuse and you have Joe Biden who's up there willing to be like, I'm proud of you and I hear you. So that's the choice the American people are making. Like, do we want to perpetuate this chaos and this like this like deep sense of psychological misery for not like for any longer? Or do we want to just go come out in such droves that like we need to end this? Like it's we are all experiencing like an ongoing or at least if you're not a Proud boy, like <laughs> we're experiencing like an ongoing psychological onslaught of trauma. And like I feel like we watched it happen. Like, we, as people who cover the news every week, like in the beginning of the administration, it wasn't like this. Like, it wasn't this like constant onslaught of crazy stories all the time. And the fact that it is like that now, and the fact that the debate was so insane to so many people for us, we were like, Have you been paying attention? Cause this is always yeah. how it is. But that's like really not okay. We cannot endure this anymore.
5: Right. Yeah. I, I think it was like, I, in a very normal sense, like if we had normal politics, everything that Donald Trump says and does would be disqualifying. Yeah. I find it. I think that like his base is now at this point, like 40% of the country. Um, I feel like it's not really 40 percent a little bit, maybe a little bit lower, like more than like about 30, 35 percent. But it's it, I, I think that like minimizing it down to only open white supremacists lets a lot of people off the hook. Yeah. Um, and it it also lets off people because here's the thing, which is when Donald Trump attacks Democrats, specific people. Other people are not actually hearing it. People who are sympathetic to him, who have not decided that he is disqualified, anyone who has decided he's not disqualified has already come up with an excuse for why it is okay for him to do this to those specific people. They're not thinking, wow, that's my cousin Jim. They are thinking, wow, Hunter Biden's a piece of shit. That's what they're thinking. That, that doesn't mean that that is correct or reasonable. That is not logical. he irrational. But it is, there has become such a deep set of resentment around the democratic party that people feel it's okay. And I'd like to point out, this has been the way for a really long time. And we just haven't really paid attention because, um, a lot of the targets were like really high up and more visible and less family. But I would point out that Chelsea Clinton, when she was in the white house was tormented as a child, publicly humiliated, attacked, like The fact that she grew into a a lovely, thoughtful, caring adult is entirely due to the extraordinary work of her parents and her family and her close friends who kept her protected because for most of her adolescence in the years where every single human on this planet is awkward and no one is actually cool and you look back and even those moments you thought were cool were not cool and they (laughs) look awkward and you feel awkward as an adult looking back at it. Those years she had to live them in public and people would... Actually talk about she was once talked about as a family dog. Like we we have gotten so used to it to I think to some degree that to hear that happen on stage to Hunter Biden, to Bo Biden's memory is really striking. But I don't know if people I think people are just so deep and so far gone at this point, it has become so normal that I don't know if it's going to break people out. I like to think that, oh man, maybe we'll recognize people's humanity once it's a white dude being attacked. When you talk to people that aren't
1: super engaged day to day, they think that it's both sides that contribute to this environment, this toxicity. It's like, well, that's just how politics is. Like It's below the belt. It's like, No, actually, for as long as I can remember, like you said, it has been Republicans calling Chelsea Clinton a dog and then these dog whistles. And just that's why that's also why I am very resistant to when people try to go in on just personal things related to the Trump family that in ways that I don't think are productive or are just mean spirited, because like, let's just keep if we have anything right now, we have the moral high ground and we have to keep it. Like, we, we just have to, um, which Biden did do last night. So he, he sort of bypassed uh, returning fire on ethical questions about the kids. But Trump was there was one moment where Trump was eager to explain how his family had been impacted by the by what's been going on. Uh, I think we have a clip of that, too.
2: Look, here's the deal. We want to talk about families and ethics. I don't want to do that. I mean, his family, we could talk about all night. His family's my already... Family's, no, 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 my family, my family already lost wrote. a
3: fortune by a, coming down ahead, and helping ahead, us with government. Go ahead, and that's every, such and a... Right here, Mr. President, that's such every every single
2: one of them lost a fortune. This is not about my family or his family. It's government. about your family.
1: I just thought it was so telling that that Trump's only issue with how his family had been impacted was that they lost a fortune. Like, I almost got nervous because when he he did react really quickly to the my family thing and I was like, oh, does he give a shit? And then he said, has lost a fortune. No, no, no. His
4: family is so insanely corrupt. We can't even we can't get into it at this moment. But like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I would rather them keep their millions of dollars or whatever the fuck they were doing. And get the hell out of my face! Like, <laughs> like, I don't care. Take your money. Just leave us the hell alone. That's all I have to say.
5: Yeah, one of the biggest problems actually is, and I understand that we didn't, we, we didn't want to get personal about it, but when your children have been installed in government, um, yeah, that like, that are, in theory, they're, you say they're and Kute or whatever, like, like that's what happens when you put your children in government. That's what happens when you don't establish blind trust. That's a uh, all of these things make them culpable because they are adults, and they have responsibilities to to the country. And every single one of them is corrupt to the core, to to point of possibly millions or even more money than that. Like we are at do- hundreds of millions, possibly, being siphoned out of our government for the sake of the Trump family. And the fact that that's not under that 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 it got bordered off because. He's running a nepotistic empire instead of a, fund- fun- a functioning federal government. Is such a problem? <laughs> I can't. I yeah, know. I can't even you can't. would. You would never be like, like Kim Jong Un isn't running around.
1: Like my sister's off the table. It's like no, she's a big part of all this. Like you don't. It, it, if if Trump steals everything, then Ivanka's the next president. Like she could be the point of all of this. Is to have. Ivanka Trump rule us for, like, a generation. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. That's exactly
4: (laughs) the goal. Like, that's completely the goal because, A, they need to stay in government and in power in order to, like, shield themselves from any sort of liability for their crimes. So now it's, like, not only that they want the power, they need the power to protect themselves. Yeah, that is fully their goal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So closing thoughts. Do we think there will be more presidential debates?
4: I fucking yeah. hope not.
1: What do you say, Caitlin? Absolutely, yes. Really? I mean, how is there not, right? Because Biden can't walk away because Trump will say it's because he is having a mental breakdown or he can't face him again. Trump, I don't know what he did so poorly that it looks like walking away with your tail between your legs. Sammy, how do you think it goes down?
4: I'm really not sure.
1: I think... It is hard to envision. I can't see Trump
4: walking away and I can't see, I can't see either of them walking away. And, but I worry that if they're, I want it to stay exactly how it is. Like really? the status so of you, the race. Okay. I only want to well, be the like race. this, at, like right now. Like, yeah, exactly. I would love it for it to maintain like this exact dynamic or like in met, like enhance this dynamic as it is.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: We mm-hmm. can't like handle any more flipping. Yeah.
1: Related question was this debate a total waste of time? Caitlin.
5: Um well no because i mean for less informed or less engaged voters it gave people a chance to kind of see what's what's happening inside Schrodinger's government and it is a dead cat <laughs> as it turned out. Yeah. <laughs> the cat is for a while, 100% dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so it was important to kind of see like what what is actually happening and for people to like s- start to form opinions about things and have a sense of who each of these men are and, and what government's going to look like under them. I don't think Joe Biden necessarily gave a super strong vision of what the country will look like as much as it won't be like this, which, you know, is a perfectly good reason. I, I'm willing to accept it, whatever. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I think Sammy, you said something at the beginning of the episode that I hadn't thought about, but reminded me in 2016 when um, there was a moment like, And it it was a very specific moment when, like, I remember Lauren Duca wrote that article that basically just summed up what people had been saying, which is that he's gaslighting us. And I guess that people haven't been repeating that and thinking that to themselves every day for the past four years. And it sounds like people picked up on that last night specifically and were reanimated and reminded of, like, just internally, like, not at ease, which, I mean, I hate the way that feels. But you can a lot of states, you can go vote right now. Like, I bet people were like, fuck, I'm voting today.
4: Yeah, that's why I, that's exactly why I said I, I think that this dynamic should remain just as it is because I think you'll turn out just like the average person who's like not thinking so much about this, but they're just like, I can't have that shit. Cause really, like Trump, yes, we, we know he has a certain percentage of the vote, but like that doesn't mean that 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 those people are all his core cult supporters. And like, I actually do think his core cult is declining. Like fewer people attend his rallies. I know that's because of COVID, but like he says there is no COVID. So it shouldn't really make a difference if they are really his cult followers. So I really think that the, like, inner core of the cult is is crumbling. I think a lot of why people voted for him in 2016 was because they thought he was, like, this businessman and, like, made all these promises and he can get everything done. And I think even if you were a supporter, like, he didn't really do that much for you. So I I think right. there's probably just, like, you know, they talk about the Obama-Obama-Trump voter. Like, I'm sure there are a lot of those people who are just like semi like mostly disengaged made like a throwaway decision to vote for Trump because like he's the billionaire on NBC and now they're just like fuck this like I'm sick or I lost my job like you know it's yeah. just, I just don't think that like most people are like that engaged on like a level that where they're like so loyal to him or so
1: even fervently against him that they're just like, I don't have time for this. I'll vote for the old white guy. It's true. It's like, it's like the inverse of like, I don't care. It's like, if you don't care, then, then vote for the other old white guy. because
5: Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I, I would like to say one last thing. We did get a preview of what he's going to try to do. I, I think, I he said it. I should say it like pretty straightforward. There's no way he wins this election. Uh, let's just be clear. No. There's no way he he does not have the votes. He does not, it's it is it is structurally impossible. We I'm pointed so out he said that he that. has too few voters, even if you accept 40%. That is just not a winning I, number. I think that's no how they are allocated across swing states. So the answer is he has told us he is going to damage our ability to count and verify mail-in ballots. He is going to take attack where he knows that day of voting is more likely to be Trump pro-Trump and that mail-in ballots are more likely to be Joe Biden. And that is because Joe Biden has reasonably and very importantly told people that is not necessarily safe to proliferate in the world as you would as normal because we're in the middle of a pandemic. A lot of people have decided mail-in ballots. These are good things. Please vote however you are able to vote. Do not allow Donald Trump to scare you out of voting. Please vote any any way any way. If you need to get it tattooed on your arm, whatever you need to do, go vote.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Jenny does to diversify. She said to diversify the vote.
5: We are not going to have a clear victor. It is impossible. Many states, including important swing states, are not even allowed to open the ballots until election day itself to start counting. Florida has always been an electoral shit show. It is going to do it again, inevitably, especially under unified Republican rule. Please be aware we are not going to have a clear winner on November 3rd. That means that Donald Trump is aiming for November 4th and onward to be his victory lap. That is where he's trying to secure a win by destroying our ability to count and verify ballots. He has told us this on national television. It is our time now to process that and to start working to counter narrative that and say, all the votes need to be counted. We have a process for this. We are not gonna let you toss out ballots. We are going to take your ballot seriously, make sure you get all as many of the details down as possible. Make sure, double, triple check if you have to, you know discuss it with friends they sit down and 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 talk with family about what a proper ballot looks like make sure mm-hmm. it gets done and then make sure that we spend if Joe Biden needs more money which i don't think he should but he should be allocating a big chunk of his huge election fund right now to election lawyers to defend yeah. the vote that is what we need to be asking for right now who is your army of lawyers how are they going to protect us make sure they're in the right locations and make sure they can defend the integrity of voting that is going to help us come whatever nightmare happens 11/4 and onwards because it will happen donald trump has already said he is going to fight this to the end possibly with physical violence please be aware of that that's what we learned about this debate that's why it was important to have yeah he also Ooh. said that he was yeah. going to
4: he's that he's going to try to get the Supreme Court, which is why he wants to seat Amy Coney Barrett. So that's a whole other battle that we're going to need to be dealing with in the meantime.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about this, actually. Sammy and I have been talking about reaching out to like a group of experts and just interesting people and getting their input on what they think Election Day is going to be like and the best way to be a responsible consumer of media and to chill out and to just handle the subsequent weeks as peacefully and as democratically as we can until the return of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Fishbein.
5: And I'm Caitlin Bird. And
1: this is the Betches Sub Podcast.
5: The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Fetches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at fetches.com.
4: Fetches.